Uh, all, th all things considered, Matt, with five guitar strings, excellent. There's always a sign of a revival somehow when the guitar strings break. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to say. Uh, the aircon should be working today, but it isn't. And so I just, I don't know, I just thought I'd mention that. If you're wondering what's going on, they did install it. We did test it. We had like a week of joy. And then the engineers said the wiring is not thick enough and it must be redone. So it's being redone. Next week, everybody, come, come. It will be, it will be like frozen. No, it won't. No, it won't. It'll, I don't know why I said that. Come, come anyway. Um, so just to mention that and say sorry. Um, secondly, if you have emailed us a true story, a testimony about God working your life, and um, you're wondering about that, we had so many responses, amazing stories of what God's doing in people's lives that we've decided to continue to film them over the rest of the year. So we're coming to you. We're excited about it uh, next Sunday. Um, 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 Mike and Vince are, are running the services and preaching morning and evening. And we have a testimony of a young man. Uh, am I allowed to uh, break the news? A young, young man called Max, who very nearly lost his life in a motorbike accident. Uh, some of you may know the story. And the journey to the point where he is able to speak. And um, that testimony together with a testimony of what God did in, in building the family and faith and community is going to be the platform next week. So uh, keep sending those emails. We're keen for them. Okay, so tonight um, is a story about how to find a husband or a wife at church. <laughs> and I think it's very straightforward, really. I mean, I could condense this entire service to just two sentences. Guys should go and serve in the parking lot. Ladies should go and serve in production. And voila, married. So I will be in the parking lot from next Sunday. That will be my place of service. It's been lovely being on the stage and all, but it hasn't been successful in the last 30 years in this area of my life. Okay, uh, jokes aside, uh, before I show you Jacques and Renee's uh, true story, which I think is just an incredible, just lovely story about, excuse me, about God restoring brokenness. And that's actually, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that because I've been in church life long enough to know that if, if we're not careful and we don't let the Holy Spirit rule, then we look at people who've gone through tough times with an eye of judgment. And we look at people who got divorced as a downgrade. And we look at people who lost their business as like a sign of sin. Instead of saying, let's carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and see if hope and a future for people, we can so easily in Christianity categorize people according to class, spiritual standards. And I, I just love the story or any story where God takes broken people and builds new powerful lives. Can you say amen to that? Is that clappable? There was almost a <laughs> clappable moment there. Uh, the, the, we, share, we shared this um, uh, testimony this morning and I preached on something um, related to that. I'm going to share it tonight and preach on something a little different. I would like to talk to you, coming out of this, um, I'm setting you up, I would like to talk to you about your self-image and whether it is biblically healthy and how to build a biblically healthy self-image. The Bible calls a self-image the inner man. 
So if you ever want to search, you got all so quiet now. Like, are you evaluating your self-image right now? It's like, I don't know how I feel about my self-image. Um, the Bible calls so self-image is like a psychological term, so we've got to be careful of that. But the biblical term is, is the inner man. And there's lots about that in the Bible. So you can talk about that a lot. So I'll, I'll read a verse to you before I show you the video, because who knew that a verse in Genesis chapter 1 will become the most controversial verse ever? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So there we go. I mean, you read it for yourself, just creating male and female and connecting that creation to the image of God. So, very important topic. Because if you ruin God's image in your heart, you'll live out a distorted image of yourself. You'll live out a distorted image of yourself. You may not know this, but you're spending money based on your self-image. You're choosing friends based on your self-image. You're marrying, or not, based on your self-image, your inner man. So, we should talk about this. Here's Jacques and Renee's story. This is take six minutes, then I'll see you again. Now, I remember coming in. It was the first time after being separated and being alone with my children. Um, they were, this was the, the first weekend they were away from me, and I came to church, and um, when worship started, I just started crying and crying, and I knew... And the lady next to me took my hand and she gave me a tissue and she said, um, it's going to be okay. And I've never seen her here again. I don't know who she is, but I felt home and I felt this is where I belong. Um, and then I started coming every second weekend. 2018, I started I joined Dream Team um, and just started serving. Kids Church, um, uh, what is communications, not communications, welcome, connections, connections and welcome. yes, mm -hmm. um, and production. And then one stage at the back there, at, at the Production, your know, last two years was in production. So yeah. just serving, dream team, never saw Jock, never met him, never, our paths never crossed um, until January 2022. As broken and as down and out you are, um, God starts working and the serving and the people and like Vince said the other day, people in church worship and you, unknowing to you, you lasso your rope and you, you, yeah. you throw your rope around them and they, they pull you closer and closer and closer and you, you're, you just get restored and serving and, and the love of the people and your family in church, you just get rebuilt and your foundation is in God and you, you, you get to know who your value, where your value comes from and um, how, how your, your strength in that difficulty, where it comes from and how God just builds you up and restores you and makes you whole again. I lived a good life. It was the first time in my life ever at 38 years old, I could live on my own without having to stay with somebody. So you get that sense of, you, you've, you, you, you made it. Then the biggest trap for me ever, self-righteousness. Okay. I got that snare, six love, and I found out that rock bottom has got a basement. Oh, really? Okay, you can fall far if you want to. 
because it escalates. Um, at first it's a slip and then it's a slide and then if you, if, if you, don't, if you don't grab the right hand, it, you don't know where it's going to stop. Eventually lost everything, packed up, the only thing I knew is back home. Came back home. Were you in a relationship at that time, Sean? Yes, and everything fell apart, like instantaneous, immediately. When the money stopped, everything stopped. I said, whoever's available, and I got to Pastor Lloyd. Wow. And we started the journey. Pastor, let me tell you, between sitting here on a Sunday and getting all the info I need to rebuild from you and the, the weekday visits from Lloyd, it was, it was exactly what I needed to fix all the wrong that I've caused in my own life. I saw every, look, looking back, if, if I go through the journey of all the things that we discussed and I, I almost want to say Lloyd sent me out with homework. And then the next week I got tested on that homework to see if, 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 if I catch it. And the amount of things that opened up, the views you get if you look at things different, it's the same thing. It's just your view change. It opens up a door that you never knew was there. I thrived in parking because I, I, I felt that I can give back. Um, I can draw closer to the other people at church that comes for, for the same kind of thing that I've come. You, you, you start to notice people that park when they come at you. start to notice who needs a hug, yeah. who needs a high five. Um, there, there, was, there was literally some mornings when I came here when I didn't feel like coming. And somebody else would come to me and give me a, like a high five or a hug and it's like, you know what, I, I actually needed that. It's almost like you want to say, uh, your cup gets empty yeah. and somebody else just gives you a little bit and it, it inspires you along. And once you come sit here and worship workout, worship's my thing. That's where I, I, lock, I lock out of the world and I lock into heaven and I give it all. Two different people having the same journey, but in separate until we came to that point of meeting. And that is a cool story. <laughs> Tell me about that story. I'm not even sure I know that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I would say I'm, I was quite healed at the time um, on my journey where I felt... I, I got to experience my self-worth again. Um, growing growing with doing. family. I mean, Father's house is family. Uh, let, 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 let's face it, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. And we grow together, we walk together, we, we fall together, we pick each other up and, and, and we go on. So I, I, I found myself worth again, being among like true believers and people that wants to see the best in you. I, I got to a point of where, where I've slipped and slided so far that I thought to myself, yeah, I've, I've, I've always been in, 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 in a Christian family and, and, and in the circle. So I've never, I've never moved away from it. But you, your, your faith sort of like faded away and, and the self-righteousness takes over. So you start, you, you, you start licking the ice cream of the world. Um, it, it starts looking like maybe that's, that's the way to go. And then you get to a point where you realize, but hang on, everything good has always come from being blessed by or through God or something in line with that. So why not start over? Because you're going to have to start over. But why not start over with God in the middle now? 
build around whatever he gives you. If you've got, if you feel you've got nothing left, just give the Holy Spirit a spot. We read Bible together. We, you know, whenever I lack something, I feel that she knows it and she she puts it whatever I lack. And and likewise, there might be a day up. And how long have you two been married? Recently married, just a little bit over a year. <laughs> one year, one month. <laughs> one year, one month. They're such a great couple. Uh, having both arrived here, a bit broken. Thanks, Cam. You want to just do the T-shirt thing again and invite people to serve at parking lot? Just to speak to you afterwards. Alrighty. Um, it's. <laughs> I think this table grew taller since this morning, which is is a, a challenge for me. Uh, but. Um, There you go, it's appropriate size now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unnecessary. Um, just to, to see two people who've really had a, a tough journey to find faith, family here, and rebuild their lives and find each other and get married and just shine. I just want to compliment them for not getting bitter, not walking away, not hiding um, and putting their hope in God again for a better future. Can we say amen to that? One more. Yeah. This um, particular message is quite tough for me to preach this topic because I, I, it's one of my own demons. It's one of the demons I fight with. I don't leave here and go, oh, Pastor George admitted to having demons. It is, it is one, of those, one of those fights because the bigger the church got, even particularly before the pandemic, the more I realized that my life will always be surrounded by criticism. And the more criticism there was, the more personally I took it and the more personally I took it, the more I tried to change myself to overcome the critic. And the more I did that, the f more fake I felt. And the more fake I felt trying to meet somebody else's expectation, the less authentic I was. And the less authentic I was, the less happy I was. And it becomes this horrible cycle of destruction when you try so hard to be motivated or moved by an unpleasable external factor instead of being moved and motivated by the authority and presence of God in your life. And other things start to play this part that they shouldn't play. So I'm going to read another controversial. Are you okay with the first controversial scripture? Are we good so far? Nobody's picking a fight yet. If you um, aren't, aren't, don't really love that first scripture that I read in Genesis, um, you can email the author. That would be that would, that would be that would be who? That would be Moses at Father's House, S A. <laughs> dot org. Um, but but <laughs> this one's also pretty controversial. Just be patient with me. It's got a point. 1 Peter 3 3. Your beauty, actually, I think that's 1 Peter 3 1. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles. <laughs> I want you to be patient. Because I did not read it in the King James. Because the King James is even worse. Tonight, go and read it in the King James if you want worse. Your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that 
of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. All right, T. Now, the implication for some people is, oh, well then, therefore, I should just let my hair be the way it is when I wake up. That is not what that verse is. And do you guys know what the New King James says? I'm just interested to know if anybody knows why it's even more controversial. It says the braiding of hair, which is why we don't read that in Africa. We read a more modern, like, ain't no preacher preaching against braided hair in Africa. Like, that's just like, yeah, find another verse. But It's not saying don't look good. It's saying don't expect how you look to change how you feel. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not do only this or only that. It's just saying if you think that beauty comes from quality of clothing only or mostly, from external appearance mostly or only, then you will forever be disappointed because beauty is an internal quality, something residing in the inner self, and you can't hide a broken self with expensive threads. That's really what it's trying to do. So it's not overcorrect and do something dramatic or extreme about it. It's just simply saying there's not enough... Um, out there to fix, uh, external to fix something internal. I do find this quite fascinating, though, if I may. And that is, um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I do spend a little bit of money on external stuff. I do. This, I'm, we- I'm here, I'm 50, I'm wearing this jacket. It's, what is it? A shacket. It sounds so close to swearing, though, that I am not comfortable. <laughs> I am not comfortable using that term on the stage, but that is a blend between a jacket and a shirt, so it's a thing. I got it overseas. I spent a little bit of, I don't know, I don't know how many euros. I, you know, these are Johnny D's. They were sponsorship. Uh, they, yeah, 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 the shoes are Johnny D's. They, I don't know. Is that a cool brand? It's a brand designed in South Africa by a white guy, but when you buy stuff, you think for sure it's designed by a black dude with style. So... Um, I, do, I do spend a lot of money. Um, and my point is this. I'm fascinated that people don't believe in tithing when they're so, so, so you're willing to spend on an external temporary image but unwilling to sow into an eternal self-image. That's weird. We should, like, we should get past that. That's not normal. That's just the spirit of this world telling you, don't do that. Let me just tell you something about the spirit of the world. That You know all these guys on YouTube or wherever saying, oh, no, 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 the church, don't, don't sow into the church. It's all lies. It's Old Testament, whatever. Those very same people at the end of the video are selling you merch. So what they're saying is don't spend it there. Just spend it with me. That's the spirit of this world, a tremendous selfishness that comes out of that. So I thought what I would do in the time that I have with you, and over the last few um, weeks, I really have preached way too long, and I'm terribly sorry about that, so I'm trying to be pretty disciplined tonight and finish by seven. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I will tell you, though, in case it happens tonight again, um, because it's 10 to 6 now, but last week, about... 20 people arrived for the 6 o'clock service. 
And I felt so bad, I preached two extra points just to give them something. Because <laughs> there, was, there was a whole family that arrived with two kids at my last point. And I was like, nah, just keep preaching. Give these people some food for thought before, <laughs> before they go home. I legitimately had that. So if people do arrive at six and you see me sweating it out, you'll know why it's the back row. But, but I wanted to talk to you biblically uh, on the, the, the three biblical fixes to self-worth uh, or self-image. And I've already expressed that the Bible uses the term inner man um, to represent the same idea. The term self-image or self-worth became more popular later. Therapists wrote about it. But in the Bible, there was always this thing called the inner man. And the Bible has a great deal to say about that. Like the verse I read, don't expect external things to make you internally happy. And so I want to talk to you about uh, how that there are, at your response to three things is going to affect whether you have a healthy inner self or an unhealthy inner self. And I want to take you to those three biblical ideas. And I want to empower you with the kind of knowledge and information that uh, biblical knowledge and information that um, you can use the rest of your life to stay healthy uh, internally and to be bold and courageous internally. You know, when you um, think about terms like bold and courageous, that um, comes from uh, uh, experience in the Bible with Gideon, right? Gideon was uh, intimidated. He had an uh, one might say an inferiority complex. He was like, uh, he, he saw himself as the small, like if you ever read about Gideon, Gideon uh, is in Judges chapter six, by the way. He says, Lord, I am the smallest guy in my family. So his podium is also quite short. I'm the smallest man in my family. My family is like the smallest. It, it doesn't mean in number, they're like the poorest. My family is the poorest family in all the land, in my tribe. And our tribe is like the smallest tribe. In all. Like Every statement was a downgrade of himself. And then God had to grab him by, by his collar and say, uh, the Lord God is with you, a, a mighty warrior. Be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous. Be bold. He had to like reiterate by repetition of phraseology that'll get him to understand. Stop talking about yourself like that. Start listening to what heaven says. Get yourself right. Get out of your own head and into your spirit and then conquer your enemies and make a big difference in that way. I think, that, you know, included in self, um, inner man and self-worth and all that terminology is self-talk and it's how we process stuff and all of that stuff contributes. And I'm really proud of Jacques and Renee because they had experiences uh, that could have made them um, so injured that they carried the injury the rest of their lives. I'm proud that they have found closure and healing and joy again so that they can say that they're in the best season of their lives um, right now. Having gone through it uh, they can pop out on the other side and say, I'm allowed to be joyful and thankful and grateful and there is a future after a failure. Can you say amen to that? There is a future after a failure. I don't want to reveal in all of these stories, like I don't want to reveal if someone's like a gangster or a, you know, the divorcee story or the drug story. I wanted to talk about my life messed up, but God came through. And not to voyeuristically analyze people's lives and to sort of turn this into like, you know, the 
Real Housewives of KZN or whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't want. I've watched an episode or two of that. It's frightening, uh, by the way. Like, sure, what's going on? Um, Ephesians three sixteen. It's one of those three sixteen verses in the Bible. If you do make notes, something you could do is you could write down a list of the most powerful three sixteen verses. Proverbs three sixteen is very powerful, and John three sixteen is the one you know. But 1 Corinthians 3.16 is really awesome. Just do a couple of three, just like a little memory thing and feed your soul on that. But Ephesians 3.16 is a prayer in the New Testament. Paul writes this prayer. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So he's having a prayer about how to be strong in your inner self. So that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love, it may uh, have power uh, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. So here's his prayer. His prayer is, you're going to get strong inside when you get a handle on or a firm grip on or a grasp on something. What is it? It is the grasp on how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Not whom is able to do exceedingly or immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. I read all of that to be able to say two things. The one is um, being strong on the inside is available to everybody. It's not a personality type. Being spiritually strong is available to everybody. I've told this story many times before and I'll give it one more go. Um, just to, just so you know, like some of the experiences of a spiritual journey. Um, I know there are one or two people here who were around in those days. Um, but I was a pastor at the university as a student pastor. This university here. Now it's called NMU. But when I was a student, it was called UPE. Oh, you didn't know that. Oh, no, that was before electricity was invented. Um, <clears throat> I went to study there, and I lived in the res in Xanadu, and I studied BCom accounting, and I was a first year in the year 1990. One. Um, <clears throat> So, so anyway, I was a student and then a student pastor during the release of Nelson Mandela, the country's first democratic election, the integration of universities and technicons to form one institution, and a transformation of institutions into multicultural institutions. I went from pastoring an all-white church uh, of res students to, in 10 years, an almost all-black church of res students on the same institution. And it's the coolest part of my life so far. But during that time, um, we had a prayer team. It was very important to have a prayer team before church. Everybody did it. And we had a young man. Um, I think his name was Lee. I'll never forget Lee. Um, he lives in Nisna now. I see him on my IG stories every now and then. And quietest guy you've ever, like just so quiet, like so quiet. Sometimes I, was, I didn't know he was in the room. Just super quiet, but liked to pray. Prayed for hours. 
And one day one of our leaders said, why don't you give this guy a chance to just pray the meeting open, like the start of the service. And I was like, oh, he's such a quiet guy. I don't know, I think it's going to, petite, thin guy, quiet guy. Anyway, um, we prayed before the service. And then I said to him afterwards, don't you want to get up and just pray at the start of the service? Just take the mic. And I thought he would say no. And he said, absolutely. Been waiting four years. Let's do it. Took the mic, got up, opened the service in prayer and asked the Lord to come and visit with us and to really transform us. And then he like had like an aggressive moment. Like totally out of like his character, like the look of him. He just had an aggressive moment. He said, and Satan? Like, okay, where is Satan in the room? Just, he said, and Satan? We already spoke before the service. You leave us alone. Amen. Okay. That is super aggro. I, um, I came to realize that, it, that confidence from the soul is not about a personality type. It's not whether you're A type or you're this type or that type. Christ inside of you will take a timid Gideon and make him a mighty warrior and will take a quiet Lee and turn him into the voice of God in a moment of a prayer. Get it right. And let me tell you, the opposite is true. Some loud people can also be weak people. It's not always represented in that bravado of personality. So I want to talk to you over the next few minutes um, about, about your response to three things and how that builds a healthy inner self. And some of them are hard work. The, the, the first one is your response to suffering. I hate to say this, but suffering is a necessary ingredient to becoming who God wants you to be. It's just necessary. I don't think you should pray for more. I don't think that. I don't think you should say, Lord, uh, you, know what I, you know what's missing this week? A little more suffering, please. Don't do that. It's going to come by itself as you try to step into the things God wants for you and become the person God wants you to be. But a mistake would be to resist all forms of struggle to blame people for all forms of struggle or to have somebody else handle your struggle. You need to handle your own struggle, find your own feet, appreciate Christ in the moment of the struggle until you can say, God has given me the victory. Because I think that any time, even in human nature, if you, uh, if you um, prevent children from experiencing a bit of pain, not through hardings, I'm just saying, I know that's illegal now. But if you prevent all forms of consequence, you, you land up spoiling the child and you're at risk of creating a weak person. But if there are consequences to, to some of what you think and do and respond to, you go, well, that, that was not a cool consequence. That was a bad, that was a bad consequence. A Christ's character starts to form in you. And I know it's like it's not popular to say, well, thank you, Jesus, for suffering. But I want you to know that tough times are, are granted permission from the Lord because they produce in us perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character must have its finished work in us. 
Can you say amen to that? Perseverance is so hugely important. I'm worried that if we don't have perseverance, we'll have a generation of people who just want to swipe up every time life gets harder and change the scenery. Oh, marriage is you're battling a bit in your marriage. You can't communicate. Swipe up, change it. Um, you, you can't become uh, the person, you, you can't have inner character if you won't let it be shaped and forged in fire. Amen? And let me tell you something. I've, I've, if you've ever looked at somebody and you thought there's something in their eyes, they've got presence, guaranteed they've been through stuff. It's just one of those things. It puts character in your eyes when you've been through a couple of things. Romans 7, Paul words it like this. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there within me. For in my inner being, here's where the struggle is, in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Um, The reason why that verse is so important is uh, the struggle isn't meant to be Oh, I'm getting character because, you know, I, 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 I am, am, am struggling with external things. <clears throat> you get character by struggling with internal things. In other words, saying no to yourself, saying wait, that all produces character. Gosh, I have a person who um, prepares a lunch for me every Sunday. It's a lovely Greek family, of course, and they don't want me to go home between services and prepare a meal. And they, they found out that I used to get McDonald's on the way home. And they felt that no person should eat McDonald's on a Sunday on their way home by themselves. They felt that that is too close to therapy. So <laughs> they prepare, and I said to them, okay, look, like I'm, I'm on this intermittent fasting thing, and I'm like almost semi-carnivore at the moment, like just... Meat and if they, you know, if I successfully grow vegetables, I'll eat those. And they feel that Jesus speaks to them louder than my recommendations, and they always include lint chocolate. And the big challenge in my life is to keep the lint chocolate for after the evening service. And I, I just want you to know it's quite hard. It just sits there on the counter, and it talks to me the whole afternoon. It just talks. Hi there, George. How are you? Its favorite phrase is to say, you deserve it, you've worked hard, you deserve it, you've worked hard today. Have me. And its very presence in my life is quite an annoyance. It's still there, though. I'm looking forward to going home because I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the, the pistachio uh, lint ball things and then I, I make a cappuccino, but with it. I put it in and then I let the coffee run over it. And then I make a, a, the thing and then... I add the milk and then that's my dessert and then that is it until next Sunday. Until next Sunday, that is it. But on Monday morning, the rest of the box says, (laughs) (laughs) it's your day off. You can work it off before next Sunday. No one will know. And I've got no one else in my house but like two pets and the Lord. So like I could have this entire debate to myself and no one would know except two pets and the Lord. 
it's the intern, it's self-denial that creates self-character. It's not fighting with your friend and fighting, being, you know, fighting at school or varsity and fight. That's not, you know, that does something. But it's looking at your at your options internally and doing what Paul says, I want to do good. And when that other side of me comes up and wants to do evil, I will control that through the power of the Holy Spirit and I will live out the good that God has put in me. And I will fight until that is right, even if it doesn't feel good, because uh, my response to struggle or suffering creates in me a healthy self-image. Just healthy. Denying self and trusting. And then, and then the second response um, that creates a healthy self-image is submission. Oh, that's a, I don't know why I picked all the hard words tonight. They're all tough words. Submission. Submission means to surrender to the leadership of another. And biblically, the Bible says we must submit to the Lord and to one another. Oh, that's interesting. You were very keen for the Lord part. And then when I said one another, we're like, whoa, 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 we're all single. Yeah, I don't need this. Not all, I know. Um, You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it does that tricky one like husbands and wives. It says, wives must submit to their husbands. Vince clarified, wives must submit to their own husbands. So if there are any wives submitting to other people's husbands, uh, stop it. <laughs> Vince. Ah, a whole another conversation for a different, that's a different talk show altogether. But that is true. However, the verse is not complete because the rest of the verse says, and husbands must die. For their wives, they must, as, they must give themselves for their wives as Christ gave Himself for the church. So, so in the equation of what a wife must do and what a husband must do, the husbands got the short end of the stick there because the wives must submit. But while the wives are submitting, the men are dying. <laughs> and I think that that is a very important distinction. And the goal is not to give you words to go home with that when your wife asks you to do something, I mean, you're not supposed to say, you know, I'm, I'm literally dying here. <laughs> that is not how to interpret that passage of Scripture. That would be an incorrect interpretation. Um, but here's what, how, inter- how submission works and how it creates a healthy self-image. Um, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's good to swear not because, you know, use bad language, not because I think it'll prevent me from going to heaven. I mean, I, I don't think it does that. Um, I, just, I think it's just not good for others to be spoken to like that. So when I submit to your better, I surrender my personal desires, my own it's just better for another not to do that. And that matters. Do you see what I mean? If I only look after my own interests, I become selfish, and selfish people don't have a healthy inner self. When I surrender to the Lord, I become healthy, 
and I don't have to fulfill all my own desires in order to feel good about myself, I'm okay to leave things in God's hands. That's important. Because when you only meet your own needs, you become immature. Eh? That's childish, can I say that? But not childlike. Childlike, yes. Childish, not biblically good. Romans, uh, the clock's telling me that my time's up. Romans 8. Uh, one more, uh, one more uh, thing, um, one more point, and we've had no new visitors yet for the six o'clock, so I'm, I'll wrap up after that point. Uh, Romans 8.29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among Mary brothers and sisters. I wanted to point out that uh, I am not um, spending my life trying to be the best version of myself. I am spending my life trying to be the best version of what Christ says I am. If I try to be the best version of myself, then I am my own moderator. But when I'm trying to be the best version of what Christ says I am, then he is the moderator. He decides what's in and what's out, what can be and what can't. And he's better at it than me, so I'll put my trust in him. I am not the final authority on who I am. Christ is the final authority on who I am. And I keep going until Christ is formed in me, not until I am formed in me. Amen. Finally, how you respond to soaking in God's presence. Now all the charismatics will be super excited. He used the word soak. He has been listening to Bethel. But what, what uh, and I do, I do often. Um, what, what I mean by that is, um, uh, you know, a healthy in, inner self is picked up by, be- okay, let me just explain it in the simplest way, then I'll read a verse and we'll, go, we'll end the service. Have you ever seen somebody go overseas for 15 minutes and come back with an accent? <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you know somebody, you've seen somebody, you are... Now, can I confess something here that I am embarrassed of? It's a confession. You don't think I should confess this because this is a dangerous confession. But then I'm running. I'm running after the soup. Um... My mom and dad uh, are, are second language English speakers. Their first language is Greek. My dad's passed away, but my mom, uh, when she speaks English, she speaks it exactly like you think a Greek person would speak English, with an accent. So when I start talking to her in English, I do. I use the exact same accent. I'm so embarrassed about this. That's not the part that embarrasses me. Because I've learned the skill that I speak English with a Greek accent because I am confident that my Greek mother and father would then hear me, when I'm speaking English to like a Zimbabwean guy, I get an accent and then that sounds racist. So like, I'm so bothered by this. Like, it really bothers me. I'm like chatting to my like guy and he's helping me out. And all of a sudden I realize, hey, you know, why are you talking like that? Now, Gaita, are you a bit ashamed of me at this point? Um, I, I am sorry about that. I think it's important because, I'll tell you why, you learn to pick it up um, 
and you shouldn't. You learn to pick it up because you get used to trying to help somebody. People who go overseas and think that they have picked up an accent do it coincidentally. Some do it too much, and when they come back, like they were there for five days, they've been back for 11 years, and they still sound Australian. Like you need to, it's okay now you're back here and back home. Um, but um, I can confidently tell you that if you spend time with God, you pick up an accent. There are words and ways of using words that you pick up by being in God's presence. And I think your response to that is going to determine how healthy your inner self is. And, and I really want to encourage you, raise the personal standard, the bar, on time spent with God personally, so you can, long enough, so you can pick up something. Something. Pick up something, and it'll change your inner character. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? Mike, um, am I convinced if I can just ask you to help? So we're just going to take a moment to pray. As we come to the end of the service, I do want to say um, we're reintroducing one or two things. Uh, once a quarter, we're going to have communion together. So look forward to that. In December, we're doing the Christmas event, um, the, the Christmas production. Um, but also we're introducing opportunity to pray for people out of the service. I'll tell you all that because it means our service time might be a couple of minutes longer than one hour. But we just felt like rather than be chased by an hour's clock, just pause and just let God do something and we'll all be okay. Is that okay? Because uh, we felt like it was becoming like too um, abrupt. So I, I hope that's okay with you. We've moved the service early enough to allow for linger time after. But we want to be able to do some holy things together and we, we can't like let the clock chase us by five minute difference, you know. So for tonight, um, my prayer is that you'll be in a, holy, in a healthy place internally. And it's so easy, let me tell you, I'll say this personally, it's so easy to fake this area of your life, like to just look happy and die inside. <laughs> so easy. But tonight, I, 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 I want you to let God in and let Him shape your inner self. Is that okay? So you may not know this, but you're, you're, you're making a lot of decisions based on your self-worth. You're spending money and making decisions and choosing friends and choosing partners based on how you see yourself. And if God could change that, you would choose different. You'd be happier with something else, something more. So that's really um, where I've aimed this conversation tonight. So let's pray. Lord, thank you that um, you change us from the inside out. Thank you, Lord, that true beauty... True character is not measured by external things, but internal things. Thank you that a true treasure is placed in the heart of man. 
And Lord, that you have, we, we may be jars of clay, but this treasure is within. There's something uh, remarkable about that. Tonight, Lord, we invite you into the spaces in our lives where we feel inferior, where our inner man is a little broken or hidden or full of shame or self-condemnation, where there are, ne- where there are negative expressions, negative thoughts and feelings, dark feelings, destructive feelings, destructive thoughts in our inner self. Please heal that. Please supernaturally heal it. Snap us out of it in Jesus' name. Focus us on heaven's light, Lord, so that we are not in a dark place. And as I wrap up the service, um, uh, and and we're all in this attitude and moment of prayer, sorry to to jump into this comment, um, but if you're not in a good space, um, in, and it might shock your friends because you're smiling. But if you're not in a good space in some way, I would love for you to feel um, connected before you leave here tonight. So if you're not in a good space in this area and you're just like a prayer, I'd like you to take an action. I'd, I'd like you not to just think about it. I'd like you to do something about it. Would you raise your hand and say, you know what, I don't see myself in a biblically healthy way and I would just like you to pray for me. If you would, if that's true for you, would you stick your hand up long enough for me to see it? I'd like to be able to pray a prayer over you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, lots. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm here with my hand raised. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, let's pray. I want to invite you forward, but there are quite a lot of you. It's like inviting half the congregation forward. So just where you are. It's just, let's just do spiritual warfare, like spiritual contending for a moment. Lord, um, please wipe from our hearts um, injuries, unhealthy conclusions, self-criticism, heavy clouds. Please really just wipe it away. Give us Give us a fresh start, a clean, fresh start. Lord, will you help us draw inspiration from Scripture and from heaven that redefines who we are. We are willing to be clay on the potter's wheel. Will you please shape us and redefine us so that we are a little more in the shape that you have in mind for us, not in the shape that everybody else has, not in the shape we have. Will you reshape us according to spiritual... um, principles. And Lord, will you heal the brokenhearted and will you restore injury and will you will you please set a captive free tonight where we feel like we can't breathe being in our own skin. Will you please cut that away and open that prison door and let fresh air and bright light come into our souls so that we feel the breath of heaven where we felt stale and can't breathe the breath of heaven, the wind of the Spirit in our souls, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and just acknowledgement of His, His work in our lives?